an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. So since Conceivability started their surrogacy program, we have delivered or helped deliver 875 babies. In 875. <laughs> wow. Yes. You guys have to have a party at a thousand. That's amazing. That's a great idea. I'm going to take that back to the group because I think yeah. we should celebrate because wow. I just find that number unbelievable. But I remember when I came on as a surrogate and you know, you just do research. You're, this isn't something like I'm going to you know <laughs> go buy groceries. <laughs> this is a big deal. So you do a lot of research. And I remember reading that of all the births delivered every year in the United States, less than 0.5% were due to surrogates. I mean, it's just this teeny tiny number. And granted that was in 2016. So that number could be a little bit higher now, but when you think of the millions of babies born, we're a tiny, tiny number, but we're growing. I mean, more and more people are learning about surrogacy. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right. Today on the podcast, I have Lacey Compton, and I am very excited to introduce you to her. What a beautiful soul. We just spent a few minutes chatting about what she does, and I found out about Conceivabilities, which is the company that she works for through the internet. And wow, what an amazing company to be around. There's women who go through infertility and need somebody to carry their baby for them. So it's so beautiful that people have this opportunity to be paired up with an agency and then the surrogate and all this, like, this is just an amazing world that I'm not even, I've never really dove into this. Obviously I've had a child. I know what it's like to carry a child and then raise a child. So I know the beauty and the magic and the amazingness of it all. And I think that it's so beautiful that Lacey offers this to other people. So welcome to the show, Lacey. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. You carried a child for a family for what's called an intended family. Mm -hmm. And apparently you're going through that now again, right? I am. Yes. Yeah. The same family. Wow. That's so cool. And also, I just want to say she's also, I just, I coined this probably (laughs) a a mama surrogate for the surrogates. You did. You did coin that. I've never heard it, but I'm stealing it. (laughs) So she helps other surrogates who are going through this process and becoming a surrogate and telling them about what it's like. So she's perfect for the podcast, right? To share your experience. First of all, you have two children of your own, correct? I do. Two girls. And your husband is in the air force. Yes. Yep. In the Air Force. So you're home with your two kids and then you carry Mm -hmm. children for other people. I mean, you're amazing (laughs) and you're working too, which is also amazing and helping all these other surrogates. So tell us what it's like to be a woman who is going through this process. It's very unique. I think that's the word that always comes to my mind. Up until recently, it still felt relatively niche, just not very many people know about it or have done it or know somebody who's done it. And in my case, I knew nobody who had ever done this before. And I think just to the rise of celebrities sort of making it more popular and more known, more and more women are coming to us through that avenue. But the whole process from beginning to end 
is unbelievably unique. And thankfully with our agency, we provide a big community of women that you get to be a part of. So we have Facebook groups and our surrogacy learning center. So all of these ways you can connect with other surrogates. So you don't feel so isolated, I would say. And even through the process, even if you don't know somebody, you have somebody near that group keeps you tight. You're in with everybody and you have a lot of other surrogates to have that community with throughout this process. That's beautiful that you all have each other. How many people are there probably that are surrogates either in your company in conceivabilities or, and then tell us like what you think your guess is like within the United States even, or even the world, if you could guess. I mean, within our organization, I think right now we're currently in the process of making, I think we have about 45 women that we're making active and each day and active means going through the entire process of getting medical records, background checks, mental health, all of the stuff leading to getting matched with your intended parents. So I think right now we have about 45 women every day, maybe one person goes on to matching and another one comes on board. So we've been sort of staying within that number. There's a lot of agencies around the United States, big ones that we know of, and then just tiny ones within towns. There's little agencies Mm. as well. So I wouldn't know that exact number. I did learn a fun fact though. I learned how many babies we've delivered since conceivability. Yes. So since conceivability started their surrogacy program, we have delivered or helped deliver 875 babies in the 875. (laughs) Wow. You guys have to have a party at a thousand. That's amazing. That's a great idea. I'm going to take that back to the group because I think we should celebrate because I just find that number unbelievable. But I remember when I came on as a surrogate and you know, you just do research. You're this isn't something like I'm going to, you know, <laughs> go buy groceries. <laughs> this is a big deal. So you do a lot of research. And I remember reading that of all the births delivered every year in the United States, less than 0.5% were due to surrogates. I mean, it's oh, just really? this teeny tiny number. And granted that was in 2016. So that number could be a little bit higher now, but when you think of the millions of babies born, we're a tiny, tiny number, but we're growing. I mean, more and more people are learning about surrogacy. And then it's a viable avenue for them. And IVF is the highest form of success rate to get to a viable pregnancy. And so that's what we're doing. We bring on these surrogates and they're doing basically a round of IVF to get pregnant. But they're usually taking the egg and the sperm from somebody else, right? And placing into you or surrogate. Yeah. So intended parents will have those embryos created prior to getting a surrogate. And they may create that embryo with one of our egg donors or their own or through a different agency. Yeah. There's so much science that goes into all of this. I I have a good understanding of it because I am in a gay relationship and we had to get pregnant with, for our son. So there are some things that I needed to know. I was also a science teacher, so it was a little easier, but I kind of get it all (laughs) and understand it, but there are some terms. So like IVF is where the egg and sperm is put together Mm -hmm. in a Petri dish. And then they take that from the Petri dish and they put it into the female for gestation. Yeah. So are there drugs that are, the woman has to take like hormones? Yeah. Yeah. So it's all dependent on each IVF clinic. They kind of have their own regimen of medications that both do, but typically what I see and hear most often is you're taking estrogen. Estradiol is what it's called. You'll have one month of birth control that you get started on. And this is just so they can really control the process from beginning to pregnancy. So knowing when your period's going to start, I mean, they can project the date you'll have embryo transfer just from when you start all these medications, which is really amazing. A lot of clinics will have Lupron shots, which go in your stomach and then progesterone shots, which go in your sort of hip slash back area, or they have suppositories, I believe as well. 
and you'll do those medications prior to embryo transfer. And then you'll do them to about 12 weeks post pregnancy, just to make sure that that embryo is really nice and stuck and cozy and not going to, not going to go anywhere. Wow. That's a lot of commitment for the female because those hormones can influence how you feel, obviously. But I guess Mm -hmm. they're already aware of the fact that the body is becoming (laughs) this house for, you know, the next nine months. That is so amazing. What is it like to have a baby growing inside you that you know that you are going to hand over to an intended parent Mm -hmm. and feeling, I would assume, a connection with the child uh, while in utero? What's that like? I wish I could show all your listeners this photo I have, because I have this photo of me and the intended parents and their baby was just delivered and the cord wasn't cut. So the mom is in bed next to me and this baby's on her chest and we're holding hands and we're crying. And it's like my my favorite photo to look at, to say all that is that you get into this, knowing what you're, what you're doing. You meet these intended parents prior to getting pregnant. I mean, you instantly just fall in love with them. It's hard to put it any other way. There's just this immediate bond and you go through that pregnancy. I mean, prior to even getting pregnant, just thinking about that day, that day that they get to hold their baby, you're talking to them and all of those things. So when you're really pregnant, I would joke with my husband a lot that I felt like this feels like a a nine month babysitting gig. Like I'm just babysitting (laughs) or I had this love for this child, but it really felt like the love you would attribute to like a niece or nephew. Like I love you and I'm here to protect you and take care of you, but I'm going to hand you to your parents at the end of the day and go home. So, and I find that most women that I talk with, they have that same feeling. You, your bond isn't built with your baby in your stomach. Your bond is built with those intended parents. And, and I think that's why it takes special women to do surrogacy because Mm -hmm. I I have a lot of friends who go, Oh, I could never hand over that baby that they don't cross that barrier in their brain to think beyond Mm -hmm. it, which is totally fine. That's okay. Mm -hmm. I get it. Holding, carrying a baby is very special and that would be hard, but there are those few women that can see beyond that and see that project that date in their brain and, and you hold on to that. So mm-hmm. I would really say that it wasn't hard. It was very easy because I, I just talked to them every week and we just talked about the day they got to be with their child. And it's just that goal you look forward to. Do the families have in terms of like control over what you do or any of that kind of stuff? Yeah. I'm just curious. Oh my gosh. This is a question I get asked all the time because I think a lot of women come into this process with their heart in the right place, but they're worried about the control or just they're asking questions because they just don't know. Some women think that they'll be forced to get an epidural. They'll be forced to do birth a certain way, things like that. So we build a profile on our surrogates. It's actually one of the things that I help do is build these profiles on these surrogates, getting to know them, the way they eat and their communication levels and learn all these things about them. And the intended parent side does the same thing. So we're able to match them based on those things ahead of time. So if we have a family, let's say that wants their surrogate to eat organic, we're going to match them with a surrogate that's okay with taking that on for the pregnancy. So it's not like we're blindly matching people. We're really making sure that they're they matched up perfectly. Like they only eat organic. <laughs> um, the intended parents actually do cover that cost for them. Oh, <laughs> they get wow, an additional yeah, stipend wow. to help pay for that. Yeah. That's cool. um, the really the intended parents, if they have strong preferences, we're going to know ahead of time and match them appropriately. But I always like to let surrogates know that birth is yours. That is your decision. Intended parents can't make decisions there. So if you really want a natural birth, you really want an epidural, you really want a water birth you're the one having to go through that labor and get to that point of delivery. So we Mm -hmm. want them to do it the way that feels best for them. And intended parents know that ahead of time, we build a birth plan Mm -hmm. about 28 weeks. So they know exactly what their surrogates plan is ahead of time. 
Do women find that one form of birth is easier than another in terms of handing it over? Like if you already have a C-section, is that like easier than if you were to birth it? I I don't know. Yeah, no, uh, we have a lot of women who've had prior, if they come in having a prior C-section, I would say most just opt for that C-section again. Very few. I mean, occasionally I'll have a woman that says with this pregnancy, I'd like to try a VBAC. Mm -hmm. And as long as they're cleared by their doctor, and again, their intended parents would know ahead of time, then that's okay. We even have women who will schedule like, Hey, we're going to induce this day, or we're going to schedule a C-section this day, just because for some parents that is easier Mm -hmm. to to kind of try to plan around that. But I would say most women don't, they just go when it, when it naturally happens and and have that birth naturally, or, you know, just when it happens, not so far as epidural. I'm wondering if, because you're in Anchorage, Alaska, and you're a surrogate and I'm not asking you to like reveal anything about the family necessarily, but would they be living in Alaska or would they be anywhere in the United States? Yeah. So anywhere in the United States, we have a program called matching matters, which is so special. And like I said, it's just this idea of like, women are a number, like you're the next one up. It's time to get you with these parents because they're the next one up. That's not how it works. It's really these detailed, intricate profiles. So We may have women that say, listen, I really want this radius around me. I live in Denver and I only want Denver parents. And that's okay. We'll do our best to match within that pool. But if your best match is a couple states over and you're okay with that, then we're going to make that match even despite the distance. So Mm -hmm. at the time I was living in Massachusetts and they were living in New York city. Now they're living in Connecticut and I'm here. So I'll go back to Connecticut for my medical workup and I'll go back to Connecticut for my embryo transfer. And then I'll have the rest of my care here in Anchorage. And their plan is actually to move up for a couple of weeks prior to the delivery date and just be here with us. I mean, we're such, we're so close anyways, it'll just be fun, but so that they're here and ready. That's so great. Yeah. So you, have you gotten to know the child that you, the first child that you carried for them? Yeah. Yeah. So another piece of that matching matters portion is communication. So do you want a relationship with your intended parents after the the birth? And I did, and they also did as well. So they send me pictures. We um, FaceTime all the time. Yeah. We, we, we have a lot of contact. We have plans to go, well, we had plans to go skiing before we started this next journey. So that'll be put off for a couple of years, but if I can share a funny story one day, their oldest son, he had his wrestling mat out and their youngest son who I had birthed, knocked it over. And he came crying to his mom saying, can you please give him back to Lacey now? Like they know, <laughs> they know that I'm a part, they know that she's their mother and I'm a part of that, that mix in a way. I mean, we have that relationship and it just cracks me up every time. And that makes me feel it's such a special connection to know that they know that and they'll know that throughout their lives. It's wonderful. That is really amazing. So before you got into this, what were you doing? Before I got into this, I was a case manager for folks with adult disabilities. So I worked in a day center, just managing their care there, I guess, with the state. So that's what I was doing. And I had surrogacy just on my heart. It would not go away. It was, I was like, gonna ask you about that <laughs> in the back of my head, it just kept coming back to me. And I talked about to my husband for years about it. So he knew. Wow. You seem so young. How could you be talking about it? These Zoom filters, I'm 34. So yeah, I had my first child when I was, I think, 20, 23, somewhere in there. It feels so long ago. And after I had her, which that's a whole story in itself, but after I had her, 
I had learned about surrogacy and it just wouldn't go away. And I had my second child and the same thing. It just was so present. And so when she turned three, we decided to finally apply and get started. And then when I was pregnant, I kept joking constantly, like, I'm going to work for conceivabilities. I'm going to work for them. So as soon as I had my exit interview from my surrogacy, I was like, Hey, any jobs, any positions open over there? And just kind of kept bugging them because this agency is unbelievable. The things that we do. I mean, we just stand so far apart and the way we take care of our surrogates is so just genuine and heartwarming. And so I I knew I had to get in. (laughs) It's so beautiful. It really is. It's so, I mean, what, what special people you are and you should have special care. It makes sense. And I can see how it seemed like it was like a calling to you was something that you were meant to do while you were here. Yes. Yeah. That's how I feel about it too. Ah, so nice. I have so many questions for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready. One of the things that I noticed that was super awesome about conceivabilities is how transparent they are about Mm -hmm. what they pay you all to Mm -hmm. be a surrogate. I thought that was really nice. First of all, it's very high. I mean, it's nearly $50,000. Yes. And like you were saying, it could be a long journey or it could be a Mm -hmm. shorter journey. Obviously that depends on how quickly you can get pregnant. And obviously when you're doing IVF, there's, it's a lot faster. Usually that seems really, really great. And then I guess you, there's these bonuses as well from the intended parents saying, I want you to do this, that, and the other thing you'll get money for that. Yeah. We strive to have the highest compensation on the market and we call it our all-in surrogate program, which we just rolled out this summer, actually. And that goal is that we want to be the highest. And if you find another agency that is higher, we're going to match them because we want you to be compensated for your time and your commitment to surrogacy. I mean, think of, this is one thing that always sticks out in my mind is we have women who apply all the time who are on a border between two states. They live right on that border and half their life may be in one side of that state and half of their life could be in the other side of the state or, you know, you know, within that other state. But once you hit your third trimester with surrogacy, you can't leave the state any longer. You have to stay within your state because that's where all of your legal parentage, everything is set up within that state. And if you deliver accidentally outside of that state, it's a very long legal process. It's almost like the intended parents have to adopt that child back from you because now it's yours. It's just messy and expensive. And so that's one thing that always sticks out in my mind is it's things like that where this compensation is meant to help cover and take care of you during those times. Around 18 months on average, that's a big commitment driving to and from doctor's appointments and traveling twice for these bigger appointments and just in general being pregnant. It's it's a lot. So we want to make sure you feel and are compensated for your time. And a big part of our surrogacy calculator that you know you saw that number is making sure that we're covering your income post-birth. So when you take time off, we want to make sure that we're paying you enough that matches what you're currently being paid by your we don't want to underpay you there when you take time off. So okay. um, when you do the calculator, it's your zip code. If you've ever been a surrogate before, yes or no, because it does go up if you're an experienced surrogate. And then your income so that we can cover that amount appropriately at the end. So you were talking about the, I'm assuming it's three months. Cause I think I saw something that said three months after birth that either you're taking care of the surrogate. Is that correct? Yeah. So we have a postpartum care plan and that is basically, we have these list of items. It's a survey that gets sent to you and you get to pick what you want off that list. Like this is the type of care I want postpartum. And that's because we don't want women to ever feel like we go, thanks for what you did. Have a great day. That's that. No, that's not how we operate. We want them to feel and to be taken care of. And so we are here for as long as they need. So, so yeah, they can pick nutrition, 
exercise. They can even have a doula during their birth or birthing classes or physical therapy post-birth. So we have all of these things that they can pick from, and then we'll make sure that they're set up with that post-delivery, which I think is unbelievable. Like that is really nice. Just so innovative and really the first of its kind on the market. It's very special. Yeah. Well, considering that it's not really offered even to mothers that are children, (laughs) right? Absolutely. It's a big deal. If you get time off, I've heard of companies offering this post-care and even for fathers too now, but it's Mm -hmm. very rare and Mm -hmm. it's so important. And I mean, I, I lost my mind after birth. Like I just, my hormones were all over the place. I had not slept for months prior to delivering. So it, it is a really tough time. And women do need that extra care for sure. So I'm curious though, do some of these women, do they do pumping for the family or Mm -hmm. that's really nice? Yeah. So that's one of the questions that I ask during the introduction call, which is right after surrogates apply is, are you willing to pump and donate or give that breast milk? And we cover the cost of that. So we cover shipping supplies that you need, your pump and bags, all of that stuff is paid for. And then you also get $350 per week that you pump as compensation. Cause if you pumped, it's, it's a lot of time just lot. sitting yeah, in. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's so, annoying. You, have to, again, you do have to plan for it. <laughs> yes. So just wanting to make sure that they are compensated for that time. It's, wow. it's kind of like a job in a way you're committing time to, to doing that. So yeah, I did that for about six months and just shipped all my milk via FedEx. It was amazing. It was a really cool process. And so helpful for the baby as well. Yes. Yeah. Really, really helpful. They were so thankful to have it. And we have a lot of women who will pump and then maybe their intended parents say, okay, we're done. And thank you for that. And, and then women will go on to then pump and donate to their local communities. Like the stories we hear are just unbelievable. These women are so giving. It's, mm-hmm. it's so amazing. I did see that you guys have uh, profiled the kind of people that yeah, you have as surrogates and 50% of them volunteer. And I think 25% or yes. something do rescue foster parenting yes. um, yeah. for dogs and, and cats and all the other animals. Yeah, And then there was something else that you guys had mentioned as one of the ways that your surrogates give back. And, and obviously it's very apparent to any normal person that you guys are incredible people. So of course you're going to have you. very giving hearts and be so generous with Thank your time. You. And yeah. I mean, you're considering you're being generous with your body. Yeah. The women that apply are, I mean, I I think it's easy for people to sort of see surrogates in a box. This is what they are. They're maybe stay at home moms. They've had one or two kids. I'm not really, I guess now that I'm in it, it's hard for me to perceive how other people may see them, but these women that apply are just, their hearts are huge and they're they're funny and intelligent. And some people are stay-at-home moms and some make $150,000 a year. So we have doctors apply to be surrogates. Like these women are so broad and so different and so unique. And it's such a fun job to get to work with them every day and then see them. We get announcements when they finally have their baby and then see that, that delivery and just all the work and love that went into it. It's so rewarding. It's really a wonderful job. I can imagine. One of the questions that I was wondering about is you had said that you speak to the parents once a week. Are you mm-hmm. doing Zoom calls or just um, on the phone? Well, I speak to, you mean to my intended parents? Yeah, the intended parent. Yeah. 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 So I just speak to my own intended parents once a week. We usually just FaceTime or Zoom or call. A lot of it's just texts going back and forth. Mm-hmm. A lot of pictures. We like to send photos back and forth. But that relationship is unbelievable. Yeah. Are the intended parents sometimes like have a lot of anxiety because they have little control over the process? These parents are so 
different. You get, you get, you definitely get intended parents who want to be in the process as much as possible and trying to help their surrogates in any way they, that they can. And some are really cute, just in like, I've heard stories of a surrogate saying like, oh, really, I want those New York bagels. And the parents are like, here, have bagels. Like, we just want to make sure you feel super taken care of and they're sweet. And then you have parents who are a lot more relaxed in the process and, and can kind of take a step back. They don't have to be as involved. And so I think that this is the special thing about being a repeat surrogate with the same parents though, because we were matched in 2017 and started the process and got pregnant in 2018 and delivered in 2019. So we have three, four years under our belts now of Mm -hmm. just having a relationship and then just going on to be friends. So this surrogacy already feels so different. Not only are we literally on opposite sides of the country, but they know me and they trust me. And Mm -hmm. so that was the sweetest thing to hear when they asked me to be their surrogate again is like, even though you're so far away, we know you and we trust you and, and we're not worried. And, and that was really such a wonderful and reassuring thing to hear. So that's the beauty of a repeat journey. And we have a lot of women who go on to do repeat journeys for the same families because those bonds are built and they're strong. Absolutely. I can imagine that. That's yeah. really, really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I feel special and that I got to experience this and that I get to have them now. And and I get to watch their youngest son, their oldest son too, but their youngest son grow in this baby. I, I get to be a part of their lives forever. And I think that's so, so special. Like I, I just, I'm so unbelievably grateful to conceive abilities for their matching abilities. Cause yeah, that this is a relationship that I, I dreamed about. It's it really does seem so perfect. And it really seems like they're doing a really great job of managing yeah. such a tough situation for parents, the intended parents, yeah, and then matching them with someone as beautiful and brilliant as yourself, or oh. I'm, I'm sure all the mm-hmm. other women are very similar. Yes. Uh, and then profiling exactly the needs yes. that are meant for, it just seems so perfect. It seems so beautiful. Yeah. So I'm curious, do you know about the owner and why the owner started Conceivabilities? Yeah. So we're a small company which actually surprised me. I have to say when I was a surrogate in my head, I'm like, this is a 200 plus people company. It's huge. The way they manage every, I mean, we consider ourselves concierge. So we do everything as it has to be huge. And when I came on board, it was like 50 people. It's tiny. And so our CEO, her name is Nazca and she's absolutely amazing. But yeah, she started the company back in, I believe 94. We actually started out in 96 as just an egg donation agency. So that's all we were in the beginning. And then I believe we started having surrogates in the early 2000s is when we started that venture. So started out in egg donation and we still have, which is really awesome because sometimes parents will come and they're able to do egg donation and surrogacy with us. So sort of like a one-stop instead of splitting it up. But yeah. Hold on one second. You said that Mm -hmm. you you can be a surrogate and donate? You do them separately if you wanted to do that. We have women who will start in egg donation and do that a couple of times and then come over to surrogacy and be a surrogate or vice versa. You could do surrogacy and then switch over to egg donation. Egg donation is a bit different that you, the cutoff age is 29 and the cutoff age for surrogacy is 40. So we oh, have wow. women who will dabble in both, which is really, I can't, I've never done egg donation. Even that I'm like, women are amazing because that is your genetic material. So yeah, um, it is really amazing. Well, and it is a lot of hormones and mm-hmm. uncomfortable procedures and things like yes. that. Not yeah, like having a baby is- <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Wow. It's a shorter time span. 
but I have heard egg retrieval. You might as well, let's just put it in the same category. Like they're both big ventures to get those eggs retrieved as as much as having the baby. So yeah, these women are unbelievable though, who can do both. I really hold them in high esteem. Yeah. So how is your husband with all of this? Because I could see that he would probably recognize how important this was to you, but at the same time, he does have to have a pregnant wife. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he is absolutely unbelievable. Like I said, I had talked about this for years. So when it finally came to, I mean, he didn't bat an eye. He was like, finally, yeah, let's do this. So nice. And he kind of just through the process of our own kids getting pregnant and having kids young. And our second one was a home birth. Uh, He was very immersed in that process. So birth to him is just fascinating. He's actually really just super sweet about it. So when this came around, I mean, he was amazing. And, and the great thing about having intended parents is like, I'm over here building this super strong bond with my intended mother, but my husband and the intended father are doing the same thing. They've got all these things in common and can talk for hours. And really we sort of just separate. I feel like we're in one room and there in the other, because just the bonds are deep there. So really, really wonderful. He actually went on after our surrogacy to do a couple of projects within our organization. So we have something called the surrogacy learning center, which is just to help educate women about surrogacy. And he actually did a profile on there, just like being the husband of a surrogate and what that's like and answer a lot of questions. And he helped me even do one of my calls, the possible surrogate her husband had a lot of questions and he stepped on that call with me and just like took over and was like, this is what it's like. And I mean, he's, I almost feel like he's as passionate about it as I am and has even joked that he'd like a job here. Like, <laughs> you know, the conceivability has really changed our lives. And so I feel so lucky because not all circuits get that. We have these women sometimes who are, their heart is for it, but their husbands aren't there yet. And so mm. I feel like a portion of my job is helping those husbands, answering their questions, sending them resources. Like I said, surrogacy is just until you know, you know, you just don't know. You need to have those questions answered and get to sit with somebody and really talk it through. So just depends on the husband. I, I can imagine their hesitancy. I know a lot of women who I've come across, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but a lot more than I would think, who have said, Oh, I would love to do that. I just don't know anything about it or how mm-hmm. to do that. One woman in particular was like, I'm so fertile, like I should be doing that. <laughs> I hear that so often. I bet you do. It's so great that you're out there educating. I know you have a conceivability as a podcast Yes, and they talk about the journey there. And then of course they have the website and they have Facebook and Instagram where you can get to know the surrogates or the procedures or process that you guys all have laid out. It's really sounds fantastic. And it really sounds like a beautiful match and just really awesome to have on the planet. Really. It really is. It's so special. And I I mean, I would just encourage if you have any listeners that are interested, like reach out to us. Our phone numbers are right there on the website. You can call. I'm here. I'll answer. And I can, you know, literally answer any questions that you have. And I just have resources compiled and all of these things that I can send out to you or your partner, whatever, whatever you need. Cause it really is some people hear about it and they want to do it, but they literally don't Don't know anything about of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or how, how the process works. And so I just encourage people like reach, reach out. I'm normal and friendly. Call me anytime. (laughs) I will, I will answer any questions you have. Sometimes I get really off the wall questions, but they're, they're fun. And people just, what's the weirdest question? Oh, the weirdest question. 
I had one woman who called me and said she really wanted to be a surrogate, but she didn't know if she could live in a hospital for nine months. And she thought that she had to move to the intended parents wherever they were. And then like basically take a room at the hospital from the beginning of the pregnancy to the end. And wow. that's what, so I'm so happy she called because yeah. that's not the case at all. Yeah. Can you imagine though? She was even thinking that and still considering it and her heart was still wanting to do it. She that's reached amazing. out thinking that was the reality. Yeah. It's oh, amazing. So goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. Um, good thing there. You guys are out there. That's how I came across your company was because Ashley, who works at Conceivability, mm-hmm. posted in a mom's group that I'm in oh that gosh. said that she was educating or some, some yes. something around that. And I and I just was like, whoa, that's yeah. awesome. She's educating people about surrogacy. Yeah. Because like I said, I've heard people say I wanted to get started on the journey, but I didn't know how mm-hmm. to get started. And I guess obviously a quick Google search these days can probably come up with some information, but mm-hmm. for a while there, there wasn't a lot of right. information out there. Right. The transparency that your company has is really, really special because I think oh. that a lot of people who are going through this journey, uh, I've had my own mm-hmm. infertility stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I understand the trauma that can be there, the mm-hmm. disappointment, everything that goes along with it can be really, yeah. really tough. And then to know that you're taking care of so well, your hand held through this process and you get this other amazing yeah. person in your life. Plus then they bring in this other amazing person that you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that um, you get to keep is the perfect way to, yes. Just, I mean, it just really, really warms my heart that this is here. And I, I feel so yeah. blessed that I was able to talk to you today and be able to share more information about conceivabilities, but also the possibilities that are available on this planet. So thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm, I'm so honored and so excited to get the word out there to more people because they're right now. I mean, just to be honest, we have 160 sets of intended parents waiting for that surrogate to come along and to be matched with them and they are needed and wanted. And and we're, we're so honored when women apply. So please come. (laughs) Wow. So you're, you're like hard pressed for some women. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, You know, COVID has taken an impact in so many ways for everyone, but this industry has taken its own own hit in that way. Cause I just think women are feeling like this is not the right time to apply. So they don't. And that's really led to, uh, I guess, a shortage, I guess I would say of surrogates. And so we have intended parents who are just waiting and looking forward to the day that they get to meet that woman that's matched with them. So we're, we're trying to get them in and get them matched as quickly as possible. This process used to be a bit longer and we've really streamlined it to get surrogates through and and to their intended parents as fast as we can. Sounds like you're doing a great job. Thank you. Yeah. Our team is unbelievable. I feel blessed to work with the women that I do, but every circuit that comes through, we are, it's a whole, it's a team approach, even matching matters. It's a team approach to take care of these women and make sure, like you said, that we're with them and holding their hands throughout the process from beginning to end. And they all get to know each other. Like they all are in a group together (laughs) so they can, it's their own journey, separate journey from working with the parents, which is also really special and cool. It Um, is having, we call it the sisterhood. So yeah. it's our, our sisterhood I mean, of surrogates. So cool. I wish I was super fertile Myrtle. I would do it. <laughs> I'm 42. So I, I'm almost 42. Just, so that is, I, I missed the cutoff. It's but you're so helping women special. in this way, getting exactly. the word out. And yeah, I just, I love that you got on our website and that's what you noticed because I, I just, my personal story, when I was shopping around, I applied with an agency. 
I got called, I think the next day and was told these intended parents will offer you $10,000 more if you do X, Y, and Z. And I was like, I'm sorry, nobody's even spoken to me yet. Like it just was, that is really the the feeling of like, I am cattle in a herd. I've got plucked out. There was nothing. Mm -hmm. It felt very scary to be honest. And with conceivabilities, we are open. Everything is clear up front. We don't hold anything back. I mean, I have women who do call me and say, what's the catch? There's something in the contract, right? That it's no, nothing. It's we're very, very clear about the entire process. And we really do consider ourselves, like I said, concierge. So our goal is to take care of you, like make sure that you feel supported every step of the way, which I think we do a really good job of. You're amazing. (laughs) when, when, When do you get pregnant? Do you know, or when do they try? Yeah, I'm hoping December or January of this oh. next year was when we'll have embryo transfer and then have a baby in late fall. So I'm really excited to get to do this again. It's such a special feeling throughout the process. And I, it's like the highlight of my life when people tell you, like, what am I most proud of? It's this. Like, this yeah, is- I, I can imagine that. <laughs> Besides having maybe your own kids, this is yes. also. <laughs> I'm very proud of them. Yes, I'm telling them. <laughs> But I felt like I've, I've left my mark in a way. Mm. It just, it's a really a highlight. And for my own children, like when you have children who watch a parent go through this process, mm. the effect it has on them is like, the, there's no words. They, they see what you're giving and the time you're sacrificing. And, and for them, it came, became just as special. Like I stopped telling strangers I was a surrogate. Cause I didn't want to have to explain to every stranger what I was doing. So I'd be like, Oh yes, I'm just pregnant. But my kids were there going, no, 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 that's not our baby. She's a surrogate. Like they, they wanted everybody to know what we were doing and they were really proud of it. And so it, it left a mark on them too, which I, I think will stick with them for life is special. It's really special. Yeah. Our donor in his profile, he said that he saw his aunt and the struggles that she went through to get pregnant. And that's what made him decide to donate, which is also a very rigorous process, you know, for them to go through. But it's just amazing how it can impact your journey when you meet somebody who's struggling. Yeah. It's, I've watched people in my family and friends go through this struggle it's stuck in your brain when you see people struggle. And like you said, the fertile myrtles over here Mm. who can think about getting pregnant and it happens. And so it it feels like a gift. You have a gift. And Mm -hmm. if you want and are willing, this is such a beautiful way to share that gift with others who just don't, they don't have that. So yeah, it's pretty special. And these days with science, there's so many different ways it can happen. It's unbelievable. Oh my gosh. It really <laughs> is unbelievable. The market. I, I think sometimes about like how this market is just going to keep changing and it'll get simpler and easier as time. It really will. It's just going to. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense if it's as easy as it seems and as beautiful as a process as it seems. I don't know why more people wouldn't consider it who really want kids, but are struggling. Yeah. It comes back to that where I think women, they have this feeling of like, I could never hand over that baby. And that's why I just, I, I want more women to hear this because you really build that bond is with your intended parents. That is who the bond is with. And the moment their baby is in their arms, you feel complete and you love that child, but but you know, like that's the culmination of all of this is seeing them hold their baby. And so I think a lot of women, if they could look at it through that lens, we'd probably have more women who'd be mm-hmm. open to having the discussion at least. I, and, and I have women who call and think it's their genetic material. They think it's their egg. 
So I have to right. have that conversation a lot as well, which immediately brings them ease and comfort. And okay, that's not my child. Yes, I'm ready to do this. So. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure that you get a lot of wackadoo questions, but, um, <laughs> <I do. laughs> mostly because of the education system around sex ed is really bad. It is um, really bad. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I used to teach sex ed, so I know I used to get those questions. I'm like, no, 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 that's not how yeah. it works. <laughs> You're a saint. For yeah, doing that, thank that you, work. Thank you. I left that <laughs> career many years ago because I was just absolutely nuts. But yeah, it was such a pleasure talking to you. You're a beautiful soul you. doing such amazing things in this world. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. And I'm just so excited to get the word out there. And I really hope that if women call, let me know you're from the Amy Stark show so that I can you know, have that connection. Cause this is just, it's such an honor to get to do this and to speak with you. And your show is amazing. So thank you for what you thank do. Thank you. All content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Stark Transformation Show website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, are created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.